As Bruce Rodia mentioned, our theme today is be strong and courageous, and that has real significance in times of transitions. After Moses led the people of Israel for 40 years, Joshua was his successor. While Joshua had been close to Moses, he still had some big shoes to fill as he led Israel to the promised land. Have you ever had the feeling of big shoes to fill? In our Bible reading, the Lord promises to be with Joshua, urging him to be strong and courageous and to keep meditating on God's instructions for his people. I'm sure it's all a theme that we can relate to in our lives. So reading from Joshua 1, 1 to 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate it on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, and then you will be prosperous and successful. We look forward to Pastor Richard's message about being strong. Thanks, Drew. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, speak to our hearts by your Holy Spirit that we might hear and, and take to heart the message that you have for us this morning. Help us to trust in Jesus and find our strength in him. In Jesus' own precious name we pray. Amen. Well, change is always hard, isn't it? And times of transition can be really quite challenging. And uh, as a community of faith here at Good Shepherd, we find ourselves in just such a time, just such a place, a time of change and transition. Pastor Rowley is no longer with us. And so the natural question is, well, what next? And how are we going to deal with all of that? When I was uh, thinking about what I might share with you this morning and I selected this passage uh, from Joshua, which I think speaks directly to us, I was also remembering way, way, 
way, way back in the distant past when I was in high school, before computers and mobile phones, and uh, I was actually, believe it or not, a member of our high school uh, four by 100 metre relay team, and we did pretty well. And I thought, you know what? There's some lessons about running a relay race that speak to us this morning at our time of transition. Now, you might think that the most important thing to do if you want to have a successful relay team is to have four runners who are really fast. Well, that helps, of course, but in actual fact, relay races are often won or lost on the baton change. Now, if you have Hussein Bolt running at number four, that's a huge advantage, but getting that baton change right that's how you succeed. So I'd like to share with you some of the things that I've learned about running a relay race, if I can remember way back into the 1970s. And uh, I think they speak to us. Now, the very first skill you need to be successful in a relay race is that you need to work together. You've got to be in sync. Right? And so you've got to time your run, if you're the second or, or the third or the fourth member of the 4 by 100 team, the, the person's going to be running along and they've got their baton and they're going to pass it to you and you've got to be ready to receive it and then carry on and then pass it on to the next person. And to do that well, you need to work together. Right? You, you either win or fail as a team together. And the most important thing in that process is not to drop the baton. Because if you do that, you're not going to win the race. So you've got to work together. The second thing, and that's related to that immediately, is when you're passing the baton or receiving it and then passing it on to another person, is you've got to be on the move. Now sometimes you'll see uh, particularly uh, with younger children when they run a relay, it's an amateur hour. And the person will be running with the, the baton and this person will be going, oh, I can give it, you're going to give it to me? And, and, and then the, you stop and then you know, it takes forever to pass the baton on. And you lose about three or four metres every time that happens. Now, you've got to be on the move. So when the other person's bringing the baton, you can receive the baton and off you go. No good standing still. Now, the third lesson in that, it's quite a difficult skill, is that when you're receiving the baton, you can't do this. You see that all the time in relay races. People are looking back, wanting to receive the baton. That's not how you win a, a, a relay race. You've got to do this. You don't look behind. You have to look ahead, and you put your hand out. And so you're running, you're timing your run, and you put your hand, and you've got to look ahead. Because I don't know about you, but I can't run fast when I'm looking backwards. Right? You trip over and fall over. You drop the baton. Now, for that to happen, the most important skill of all is you've got to trust that your teammate will be there for you. 
because you can look a real goose. You're putting your hand back there and you run and the baton never comes. Right. You're going to trust that they will be there and they'll put the baton out and you'll receive it and then whoop and off, off you go. Well, that's my um, sales pitch to be the coach for the Good Shepherd Schools relay team. I think that speaks directly to where we are right now. Four important lessons for us in this time of transition and change, in this time of vacancy. Well, what was the first one? Well, you've got to work together. You've got to be in sync. It's not just relay races that are a team sport. Ministry is a team sport. Congregational life is a team sport. We do it together. And so God is calling us in this time of change and transition to encourage one another, to support one another, to pray for one another, to let each other know, I'm here for you, and we're doing this together so that we don't drop the baton. The second thing is about being on the move. Now, it's been my observation over more than 40 years of ministry the times of pastoral vacancies are often when people drop the ball. Oh, the pastor's gone, and you're going, well, I feel a little bit sad and sorry for myself. And I think I'll just sit down and wait a bit. Now, God is calling us to be on the move. God is calling us not to give up, but to keep pressing ahead. And God is calling us, to each of us, to play our part. And that means simple things. Oh, okay, I'm going to keep turning up at worship. And I'm going to continue to contribute to the finances of the congregation. And I'm going to continue to pray for our community. And I'm going to put my hand up and say, what can I do to help us moving forward? Because we don't want to stand still. I want to be moving forward. One of the tragedies uh, often in congregational life is when congregations, everything comes to a standstill when the, when the pastor leaves. And a new pastor comes and takes them about two years to get things moving again. We don't want that here. We want to hit the ground running. Okay, what's the third thing? The third thing is that we need to look forward. When we're running, we've got to put our hand and we've got to look forward. Now, it's very nice, important to do things like happened last Sunday when we said farewell to Pastor Rowley. It's good to look at the past and be thankful for that. The past is a great place to visit, but you don't want to live there. And so, rather than focusing on the past and what was or what we maybe have given up and, and we're kind of sad to let that go, to in faith look forward to the new future that God has for us as individuals and as a community of faith here at Good Shepherd.
to be on the move, to look forward and to trust that God will lead us to a new beginning. That's exciting. And then the fourth lesson in all this, and that's the most important one, is that you need to trust. Right? We need to trust in God's provision. Trust that he will provide us the strength we need. Trust that God will be with us as we go through that transition. And now is also a time to trust each other, to speak well of one another, to know that we're not in this alone, but journeying together. That was kind of the situation that Joshua and the people of Israel found themselves in, uh, and we see that recorded in the passage that Julie read for us, chapter 1 of the book of Joshua. Moses was dead, and Joshua and the people of Israel are going, oh dear, what now? What next? We can all relate to that, can't we? And I think that the words of encouragement and promise and hope that, that God gave to Joshua and the people of Israel at their time of transition speaks directly to our hearts today if we will but listen. So what are the words of uh, hope and encouragement that God spoke to Joshua and is now speaking to us? Well, in verse 3, it says... God says to Joshua, as I told Moses, I've given you and all my people the entire land. Slightly different wording. This is the good news version. Julie read us from the NIV. That's okay. So God is reassuring Joshua and the people of Israel that he's still with them. And the promises that he made to Moses still hold good, even though Moses is no longer with them. God will be true to his word. God will be true to his promises. And there's a lovely little touch there that, if you listen carefully, God says, I have given you and all my people the entire land. God claims the people of Israel as his own. He doesn't say, Moses' people. He says, my people. Now you might be thinking, well, first of all, we lost Pastor Reed, and now we lost Pastor Rowley. We don't have a pastor. That's not true. Because Pastor Reed and Pastor Rowley were never your true pastor. Jesus is your pastor, he is the good shepherd. Reed and Rowley were just helping out. Jesus is your true pastor. And Pastor Reed and Pastor Rowley have been called to go to do the Lord's work elsewhere. But Jesus is still with us. He ain't going nowhere. He is with us. And in his strength, hey, the future looks bright, doesn't it? Next in verse 5, God says, 
I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will always be with you. I will never abandon you. And that's worth hearing again, isn't it? I will always be with you. I will never abandon you. When you hear that, you can't help but think of Jesus' other name, Emmanuel, which means, of course, God with us. Jesus' whole identity is to be the faithful one who will be with us, who will walk alongside us, who will never abandon us. In a similar vein, in Matthew 28, Jesus promises to his disciples on the day of his ascension, hey, what a big transition time that is for the disciples. Jesus is going back to heaven and the disciples are going, oh, what's going to happen? Jesus says these words, I will be with you always to the end of the age. It's just kind of a weird thing about the ascension. Even though Jesus is ascending to heaven, he's actually saying, my physical presence might be leaving you, but I'm staying here actually and I'll be with you by my spirit that I'm going to be sending to you in in a little while. So Jesus is going to be right with us every step of the way in the journey ahead. Praise God. He will not abandon us. Now next, God says to Joshua the same thing three times. Same thing three times. Now apparently Joshua was a little bit like us, a little hard of hearing, a little slow on the uptake, needing a lot of reassurance, or is that just me? God says to Joshua three times. He says this. Verse 6, be determined and confident. And then he repeats the same encouragement in the next verse in verse 7. Just be determined, be confident. And for a third time, God says in verse 9, remember I have commanded you to be determined and confident. God says it's three times. That's called emphasis. Seems that God really wants us to get the message, to take it to heart. Be determined and confident, or in the words of NIV, be, be strong and courageous. As we hear these words of God, calling us here at Good Shepherd to be determined and confident. It's important that we remember who is asking us to do this, who is telling us to do this. Well, the God who was telling Joshua to be determined and confident, well, he was the same God who had, oh, that's right, he had rescued them from Egypt. This was the same God who had claimed the people of Israel as his own and made a covenant with them on Mount Sinai and promised that he would lead them into the promised land. That was the God who was telling them to be determined and confident. And who is the God who tells us here today to be determined and confident? Well, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. 
who has rescued us from sin and death. That's the new exodus. And the God who has claimed us as his own in our baptism. And the God who has made a new covenant with us in his blood. A covenant of faithfulness and forgiveness and new life and salvation. That is the Jesus who says, I'll be with you. That is the Jesus who promises to journey with us. And he says, be determined and confident. Why? Because I'm with you. Because I'm with you. Now these few words of, to, to Joshua, these three verses, fit together in a particular way. And I like to think of it as kind of like an encouragement sandwich. In verse 5, God is promising to be with Joshua and Israel. He says, I'll always be with you. That's kind of like the bottom piece of bread of our sandwich. And then he adds some filling to the sandwich. Three times. It's a three-layered sandwich. It's a beauty. He says, be determined and confident. Be determined and confident. Be determined and confident. And then he puts another piece of bread on the top of the sandwich, which says, I'll be with you always. Don't be afraid. I will not abandon you. I'll be with you always. Great snack, huh? God's promises surrounding his call for us to be determined and confident. The basis for our strength, our determination, our confidence or our courage is on his promise to be with us in his faithfulness and his love and mercy. Now, if we can extend the metaphor a little bit, just for fun, this great sandwich has a nice relish to it for added flavour and enjoyment. She's a beauty sandwich. And this is in verse 8, where God says, be sure that the book of the law, for that, that means the Bible, scriptures, be sure that the book of the law is always read in your worship. Study it day and night. Make sure that you obey everything written in it. promise, I'll be with you, be determined and confident, be determined and confident, be determined and confident, I'll always be with you, and then this relish. Be into the word. What is God saying to us in time of vacancy? Be into the word. Hear it. Share it together and, and worship. Read it in your own life. Listen to it. Meditate on it. That means think deeply about it. Let it go deep down into your heart. And pray it. Pray the word. Most of all, trust it. Trust it. And act on it. That's often where we trip up, isn't it? That's often where we drop the ball. Act on it. 
and share it with one another. Friends, it's very normal for us, mere frail human beings, to get anxious and worried and troubled in times of change and transition. And God wants you to hear him say to you this morning, don't be afraid. I am with you. You can count on me. God promises to be with us and to guide us into the future that he has already mapped out for us. We don't know where the journey is going to end, but he does. He's inviting us into that future together. So let's be determined to remember his promises. And let's be confident because of those promises as we step into the next day and the next. Knowing that God loves each one of you. We are precious to him. And he will be with us every step of the way. Amen. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your faithfulness to us. We thank you for Pastor Reed and Pastor Rowley and for the way you ministered to us through them. But we know, Lord Jesus, you are our true shepherd. You are our true pastor. And you will not abandon us. Give us hope and confidence and joy. Help us to be determined and confident, to be strong and courageous in what lies ahead. Help us to work together, to support one another, and to look to you, to trust in you, and know that it's going to be okay. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. sleep when I was talking to you. What does Jesus want us to be doing in the journey ahead? He wants us to be determined and confident. Now, just double check on that. He wants us to be and now that we are clear that God wants us to be determined and confident, what are you going to try and do? We're going to try to be determined and confident. Beautiful. Um, you've got some fabulously talented people here at Quartier to do this wonderful artwork. Can I put a request in? Can someone on the creative arts team do a poster during the week and put on that wall, be determined and confident, and let's look at that in the... Georgie's shaking, nodding her head, okay. Okay, I'm just abusing my position of power here. That you can put a sign up there, and in the weeks ahead, it could be a constant reminder to be determined and confident. And maybe you might like to send an email to each other and sign it off, be determined and confident. We're going to be a, a DC congregation, determined and confident. Please stand, we're going to sing our next song. Everlasting God.